The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Greatly appreciate it. We're going to talk to Coach Chiesa. Coming up here momentarily, we'll get his thoughts on uh, the Jazz and their the start of their playoff series against the Grizzlies, which we've we've gone this far, Gordon, and we actually haven't talked about the game itself yet. We have not. We talked about the result of the game. We talked. We talked about. I mean, look, th- this is frustrating for Jazz fans, and I'm sure it's frustrating for the players and for the coaches and for everybody involved that. Someone who they thought was going to be a key, that many people, including the players, thought was going to be an integral part of what was going to happen in the game last night, at the last minute was scratched against his will. And uh, and then the Jazz go out. They looked like they were out of kilter a little bit. They started pretty good. But then it just sort of eroded away as the game went on. And it was the it was the uh, the Grizz- the Grizzlies who were supposed to be all fatigued and tired and worn out, right? Yep. And yet it was the Jazz who who sort of folded up a little bit and yeah, they made the comeback at the end. Uh, uh, Boyan got hot and started making shots. But that team did not look like the Jazz team on most nights this year, especially not on this floor in this building. I mean, they just rarely played like that. And so for that to happen in the first game of a playoff series shook everybody up. All right. uh, We'll get to more, of course, uh, about the game itself. In fact, we'll get to uh, more about the game itself with our next guest. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, longtime jazz assistant coach. He's our good friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Guys, I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, uh, give us your thoughts on on last night's game. Tough one for the Jazz, missing Donovan Mitchell, but uh, di- you know didn't get blown out. It looked for a minute like they might, but brought it back and made it close. Very much. Also, it was a gritty effort by the Grizzlies. So it's more the Grizzlies competed at a high level, and the Jazz knew it what it took, but they were slow to the party. And it all started, Jake, with the tempo of the game. The Jets jump out early, but then they had these self-inflicted turnovers. It's almost impossible to win a playoff game, whether home or away, if you commit eight turnovers in the first quarter, and it was the end of the first quarter, basically, and that's when they started to get the rhythm of self the Grizzlies. Let's fast forward it. Jets down 17 in the fourth quarter, and then they rally with that sense of urgency. Boyan played wonderful in that stretch, but the Jazz defense picked up and they were able to get all the loose balls. Before that, it was the the Dylan Brooks show and also with uh, um, uh, uh, Kyle Anderson as far as defensively and John Morant making showing his unbelievable talent and making and making plays out of nothing. So it was more the Grizzlies, but the Jazz helped them unfortunately by not um, by not having the intensity level to play in a playoff game. So, okay, so what strategically was happening defensively, Gordy, that the Jazz just could not 
hang with a team that isn't exactly explosive offensively. I mean, they like to get in transition and whatnot, but it, it's not like this is a stellar offensive outfit. Why couldn't the Jazz stop it? What happened, they, it was the, they, the Grizzlies won the paint game. So think about it. The Jazz were outscored 62-42 to 42 in the paint. So the Jazz counterpunched that by their three-point game. But last night they struggled. So what the Jazz do excellent in the NBA is make threes, the best in the NBA. They're, they made 16.7 regular season, less than they only made 12. Defensively, they have to uh, solve the dilemma of John Morant as far as in, uh, on a high pick and roll. What are you going to do with that? Morant was going absolutely crazy in the fourth quarter where they couldn't stop him, meaning that Michael Conley got screened at the point of the, at point of the, uh, the pick, and also um, Royce O'Neal had a hard time of getting up into Morant's body, and that gave John Morant, who's athletic and gifted, a chance to make plays. Rudy fouls out, and then Derek Favors, who played, played really strong, there was that sweet spot on the floor, Gordon and uh, Jake, that paint area where if I penetrate too much, uh, I get my shot block at the rim by the shot blockers of the Jazz. But if I have that sweet spot in the paint where I lane pull up, the shot blocker, we freeze him, meaning the dribbler, and that he's late to get there. So that's what happened, was that that middle game, Gordon, most times, in, generally speaking, in NBA playoff games, the majority of the points in the fourth quarter are scored below the foul line extended. And last night indicated that with the Grizzlies as far as uh, them um, making plays. And even Boyan Bondanovich, he made some threes, I get that, in the fourth quarter, but he was driving the ball to the basket and mid-posting up. So you've got to have both in a playoff game, the long ball and the middle game to be successful. So, Coach, I remember way back in the day when I was producing a show you were doing on these airwaves with uh, one Scott Gerard, and it was uh, during a season of jazz basketball where they were plagued by injuries. Of course, uh, Carlos Boozer, uh, notoriously so. And uh, you would consistently come on the air and say that uh, he's he's hurt and he'll come back when he can. And, uh, you know, uh, your perspective, I, th- I thought, was valuable in that situation. Uh, so fast forward to, the, to this year, and Donovan obviously wanted to play in game one. He's been he was very vocal about that uh, today. The staff, as he put it. Um, said he was a no-go for game one. And I know you don't know specifics about this particular circumstance. So my question, I guess, is can you talk about the relationship between coaching staff, franchise, and player when it comes to negotiating through injury? There's no relationship at all. It's all based on the medical staff. So the coaches are not objective and the player, meaning Donovan Mitchell, like all players, they're highly competitive, and they want to play. And so the two dynamics are looking at only one point of it. The medical staff is the voice of reason, and they know. So last night, just generally speaking, I'm just assuming that the medical staff felt that Donovan wasn't physically ready to play um, in an intense um, game activity. That's what I'll use. An intense game activity. And they made that decision, and it's up to the doctors and the trainers. They know. So, Gordy, what difference does Donovan Mitchell make? What what can he do against this Grizzlies team that will make such a big difference? A whole bunch, starting this, that. Now, with Donovan in the game, he puts so much stress on John Morant's feet defensively. 
So John Morant, to his credit, he was able to penetrate, get into the lane, and make plays. Now with Donovan there, Dylan Brooks got to guard him, and so and so there's um, um, Grayson Allen and a half of John Morant, and now Donovan puts so much uh, defensive stress to, to stay in front of him to try to negate some of his plays. So last night, the Grizzlies, they competed defensively, but their star young player played offense, uh, free-spirited, and he came through for them. That's, that's Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz missed him dramatically last year. Here's some quick numbers. He averaged regular season 26.4 points per game, 5.2 assists, 38.6 from threes, and 43.8 from the, from the uh, field goal percentage. But even better than that, he's a big play artist, and that's what the Jazz missed. So last night, bogey and clutch came through. Donovan was there. It would be both those guys coming through with, with their trusted sidekicks. So they miss his offense, but also the element of the threat of what he does for his teammates. Coach Gordy Chiesa is on with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 uh, The Zone. Uh, what adjustments do you expect the Jazz to make from game one to game two? First adjustment is this, is um, the magnitude of the possession. You can't waste possessions. So, unfortunately, the Jazz did that where they threw the ball away. And let's give the Grizzlies credit. Jake, most times in Gordon, when the Jazz players penetrate, they try to kick it out to what? The corner. The Grizzlies didn't cooperate. What they did uh, really well, and they do drills of teaching that, where when the dribble penetration, say Jordan Clarkson is penetrating baseline. He wants to go through the opposite corner. They split two players on offense, meaning one defensive player. It was Kyle Anderson, and also, ironically, it was Jaron uh, Jackson. They split two defenders with early eyes, and they were able to what? get back to that ball and steal it with their length because they didn't uh, just uh, face guard the three-point shooter. They split two and took that, took that pass away, and the Jazz really panicked. Here's the counterpunch to that, is that what you do when you penetrate and you see the player defensively is splitting two offensive players, keep the dribble alive and freeze him, an extra bounce or two, and that makes him have to lean one direction. When he leans, you either take the shot yourself or kick it out to the open player. The Jazz almost like threw the ball too early into what interceptor. Will you do us a favor, Gordy, and break down Dylan Brooks and John Morant's games? Um, I mean, what what are you seeing out of them that uh, that the Jazz uh, can control or can at least slow down a little bit? Yeah, first thing is that get into their bodies. So Dylan Brooks and John Morant, they they had a free spirit with the ball. Now, you don't want to foul them, just recklessly foul them. So you've got, we call it, get up into the dribbler. So Moran, think about what he was doing. He was dribbling the ball side to side, uh, alias, I'll call him Gordon, uh, Jamal Crawford type, who's really good, or Allen Iverson type, where they, that ball goes back and forth to each hand until they, what, freeze the defensive player. What you want to do is what? Get up into that dribbler. Ironically, that was Dylan Brooks defensively and uh, Desmond uh, Bain. They got into Jordan Clarkson yesterday, remember, where he suddenly couldn't get free for a shot up into him. So more physicality with technique getting into them. And also with John Moran, you've got to trap him some of the time. You just can't let him come down. It would be like playing against Stephen Curry who's an elite jump shooter, this guy's an elite driver. So you've got to try to run and trap him 
selectively to get the ball out of his hands and make other players make plays. So one, physicality, two, change up the look as far as either team-wise or on-ball defender to make him be more of a guessing game versus what? He has you back on your heels. Coach, uh, you obviously worked for the Jazz for a long time, but you worked in Memphis for a long time as well. In fact, we're there uh, at the same time as uh, as Michael Conley. And so, you know, a, a big storyline in the series is going to be Conley playing against his old team. you have any thoughts on, on that? Uh, very much I do. And let's the listeners right now, 12 of the zone, Michael Conley is the all-time leading scorer in the history of Memphis Grizzlies basketball and assist leader. So that is special. But with that said, though, Mike plays for the Jazz, not his former team, meaning the Memphis Grizzlies. So my thoughts about that, Jake, is that it's wonderful having, quote, a homecoming. But if you're the Jazz players, we want to spoil that. Meaning what? The intensity level. There's nothing regular about the playoffs. Every series, the intensity level kicks up three notches. And the Jazz learned that. Gordon, you mentioned before about the home record. So ironically, the Jazz are the best home record in the NBA. However, in the, le- in the present tense, they lost the last home game versus Portland to Dame Litter and that crew, and they lost last night. And both times, just generally speaking, it's um, turnovers, unfortunately, plagued them and just the intensity level of what you need. So the question always is, hey, can I be intense in a game, have proper technique, but still not be crazed? That's the question. Last night, Dylan Brooks had that sweet spot mentally where he got himself going really uh, basically a streak shooter. He had it rolling, and John Morant showed everybody why he was the second pick of the draft in uh, 2019. Now it's Donovan's turn. Now it's uh, uh, Boyan's uh, 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 turn right now. Now it's Rudy Gobert to try to get some muscle plays in the lane. Let's not forget, uh, Jonas Valachunas that tough-minded Lithuanian, he did a good job as far as bodying up on Rudy and causing some havoc in the lane. And that set back the Jazz some of the time. Rudy fouls out for the first time the whole season at the 425-minute mark, and that affected somewhat the outcome. So many things to get to here, Gordy. Uh, first of all, about your turnovers comment, it's nice to hear great minds agree on something, uh, Jake. That's unusual. Yeah, and That's agree. unusual. I'm saying my mind is uh, thinking with you. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> For you, on your point of view, not mine. Uh, you know, <laughs> let's say most coaches are not the sharpest tools in the t- uh, shed. If you get my drift, <laughs> yeah. don't be insulted because you agree with me, Gordy. The other thing is that the Jazz work their butt off all season long to get home court advantage through the playoffs, and then one off game, boom you lose your home court advantage to the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, and the reason why is that the other guys really also are competitive. This one thing about the NBA slash the NFL is that these people, the players, are highly unbelievable gifted, but now they're playing in uh, in a focused environment where we've got to take away this kickout pass to the corner. This is how we're going to do it. We've got to be able to be gritty without fouling. The Jazz point of view, we've got to be able to um, make plays and just a split second read the defense better. Just a split second. So the advantage was unfortunately given to the Grizzlies, but 
You get to remember now, the Jazz this past season were 21 and 15 on the road, and the Jazz did win in Memphis regular season. So it has been done with this group in the present tense. And now, for the Jazz point of view, we the Jazz struggled last night in a very hard-fought battle. Can can now can we learn from this? And now we are the aggressor. Most times in NBA playoff basketball, the losing team says, "Gordon, these awful words, Jake." I wish we were more physical during the game, and I wish that we shot better from the foul line or had less turnovers. That that it was 1970 or 19 excuse me or 2021. That comment, those comments, never ever ever change. Coach, I understand you have a list for us. Jake and Gordon, yes, I do. It's only 11 players on the list, so there's only 11 players. Um, that an NBA playoff history that had five or more triple doubles. Eleven only all time with five or more triple doubles. So this list is the most career playoff triple doubles. And let's let's quickly define what's a triple double for the listening audience right now. A triple double is recorded when a player registers ten or more and three of the following five categories in a game. These categories are one, points, two, assist, three, rebounds, four, steals, and five, blocks. And Gordon, in this list, before I go over the list of 11 players, two of these guys, unfortunately, played a uh, uh, didn't play after 1973-74. In 1973-74 season, the NBA officially recorded steals and blocks. So we never know, two of these guys, how many steals they got in the game or blocks. Here we go. Tied for number 10 all-time, one player is playing right now. Nikolai Jokic of the Denver Nuggets has five triple-doubles in playoffs, and the late great John Havlicek has five. Number nine, Oscar Robinson with eight, and he played before 73-74. Number eight, he had nine triple-doubles. They changed the rules of this guy as far as basketball, Wilt Chamberlain, again, before 1973-74. All right, tied for fourth place, there's four players with four triple-doubles. They are Draymond Green, Russell Westbrook, Rajon Rondo, and Larry Bird, number three all-time, with 11 triple-doubles, Jason Kidd. Number two, he plays for the L.A. Lakers as we speak right now. He has 28 career playoff triple-doubles, LeBron James, and the all-time leader in NBA history with the most triple-doubles. He did it with a smile. He used to live in L.A., at the Great Western Forum, he has 30 triple-doubles all-time. The number one leader is Magic Johnson. In jazz basketball, there's only been one triple-double in the history of, of the playoffs, and I was there gratefully uh, that day. John Stockton is the only Utah Jazz player to record a playoff triple-double on April 28, 2001, versus the Dallas Mavericks, Jake, at age 39, which is incredible, where he got 12 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. My instincts tell me that someday Rudy will join that group, and someday will also be Donovan Mitchell. Mm. Thus, that's my all-time list. Mm. 
Awesome. Coach, you are the best. Thank you, as always, for jumping on with us. Thanks, guys. Stay well. There's our friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. Good stuff. Um, you mentioned a, a few things, the, the the recipe for a loss in game number one uh, before we jump to Coach, and Coach hit on a few there as well. I have uh, I have a few thoughts on the matter. Can we get to that coming yeah, up next? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll jump into that straight ahead. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Uh, we've got uh, lots going on today. We're going to talk to our friend Matt Harrison coming up here momentarily. In fact, let's go ahead and uh, do that. Uh, of course, he makes the magic happen for the Lone Depot. He's our friend Matt Harrison. What's going on, Matt? How are we doing, guys? We're doing great. We're talking reverse mortgages today. What do you want to dive into this break? All right. So let's go through. Last time we talked about, um, you know, if you wanted to treat your your forward mortgage like uh, or a reverse mortgage like a forward mortgage, right? So you're making payments, but you know the benefit of doing that is when you make a payment, you get to, um, uh, you know, have that money go to paying down the mortgage, but also goes into a line of credit, which can grow for you over time and it increases with interest, which is great and it's liquid. Um, but let's also talk about for those of, the, of our listeners that are 62 plus that you may have your home owned free and clear. Um, you know, right now, uh, with uh, the way that the market has grown, uh, the amount of equity position that you have in your home is, is actually really, really good. Um, but to be able to tap into that, that home equity to do, you know, either a project around the house to fix things up, um, you know, to use it as, you know, extra discretionary income, you know, or, or for other things, there's really only a couple ways that you can do it. Um, you know, traditionally, you can do a cash-out refinance. Uh, you can do a home equity line of credit, um, or you can sell the home. But the reverse mortgage allows for you to um, either take a lump sum of equity out of the home or get monthly payments on either a, a certain time frame or over the rest of your life. We call those term or 10-year payments. Or you can get a line of credit, which is, again, growing with interest. So the great thing about this is that you have the ability to access money when you need it, if you need it. And if you would like to pay that mortgage back down at any time, you can. And again, there's a built-in benefit there, especially if you have the line of credit where that line of credit will grow with every payment that you make on your, you know, on your mortgage. But again, the nice thing about a reverse guys is that you don't have to make a principal or interest payment. And so for a lot of the listeners out there that are 62 plus, it is a huge benefit to have immediate cash flow, you know, that is coming back to you. It sounds amazing. And you're making it super easy for folks to get more info on this thing. In fact, even doing a catered event coming up. We are. Yep. So June 16th, we're going to be doing a catered event down in Sugar House, uh, probably around 12 o'clock. Uh, so it'll be perfect for lunchtime. But this is going to be an event where we're going to go over the reverse mortgage program uh, lay it out, answer any of the questions that are out there. This is perfect if you are 62 plus, or maybe, you know, you've got a parent that's in that, um, in that ballpark and, you know, you're trying to kind of help them, you know, strategize for how to become you know, more financially secure as they get older. Uh, we'd love to have you there. We've got a couple of ways you can reach us. Um, my cell phone is 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200. You go to my website, reverseourhome.com. Again, reverseourhome.com. And, uh, yeah, let's let's have fun and we'll, we'll have some food and answer some great questions. And, and really the benefit of this is you're going to be able to see how this program really works for your benefit. 
All right, you heard the man, reverseourhome.com, or call 801-330-2200. Our friend Matt Harrison from Loan Depot. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll have more straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point belt. Jazz lost last night to the Grizzlies here at Vivint Arena, 112-109. They trail the Grizzlies one game to none in their best of seven playoff series. Donovan Mitchell did not play in the game uh, last night. He's going to play on Wednesday. Here's Donovan talking about what happened and what's next. I mean, obviously it's no secret uh, what happened. Um, I think, you know, for me, my team, you know, I was definitely uh, frustrated and upset uh, that I wasn't able to play. Um, I'm a competitor. I felt I was ready to go. I felt ready to go. And um, fortunately, that wasn't the case. Um, That was not um, how it happened. But the biggest thing for us is we lost game one. We got to handle, you know, excuse my language, but we got to handle going forward. So I wanted it to be known that we're moving forward as a group, as a unit, because we got stuff to handle and as a group and team and go out there and work on our game plan and, and stuff like that. Handling of said stuff continues on on Wednesday night here at Vivint Arena for game two. Uh, that game will tip off at eight o'clock. Lock and Boone will have all the action for you. Pre-game coverage uh, begins at seven. Gordon, you, you coming along for pre-game, pre-game on Wednesday? You want to drop by again? Maybe I will. Yeah, well, you're invited. I thought that was I thought that was nice having you by. It was good. Uh, this update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, uh, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment for location near you. Go to mountainland.com. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Gordon, I think there are a variety of reasons the Jazz did not win. All right, let's um, hear it. Uh, against the Grizzlies. And I, I don't disagree, although, you know, when you bring up your turnovers, you, you fail to uh, 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 say that they only had two in the second half and finished the game with 14. But, you know, there's there's that. Well, yeah, uh, but, but still, I, you saw it. Uh, I saw it uh, for part of the game, yeah. <laughs> um, I You know, I don't think that is the overwhelming factor that they lost. But a factor. I'm not disagreeing necessarily. Uh, Three-point shooting. Factor. Take the necessarily off that sentence. What? He said, I'm not disagreeing necessarily. Only a little bit, I Just guess. Just say, you're not disagreeing, period. I don't think it was the sole reason they well, lost. Of course it's not the sole reason, I think it but kind it contributes. Of, it kind of mattered. You are so stubborn. It kind of mattered. They had two in the second half, and you're still waving the turnover flag today. And, by the way, Bogdanovich scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. So what if he turned the ball over four times? Who cares? 
20 points in the fourth quarter. He wouldn't have had to score 20 points in the fourth quarter if but, those turnovers okay. hadn't happened earlier. All right. So, other things went into them. Uh, the three-point shooting. Mike Conley had two great looks uh, in the fourth quarter, one of which would have tied it, and uh, he, they just didn't go down for him. I mean, there were a couple of, of shots like that um, from three. The last shot I didn't think was particularly good, but, you know, there, there, I thought there were a few. The Rudy fouling out, obviously, was a contributing factor. But all of that does not concern me going on in the series. I don't think I think the Jazz can button all that stuff up. I don't think that those things. I don't think Dylan Brooks is going to have 31 a game in this series. All of that I think is going to take care of itself because I'm still picking the Jazz in this series, and there's still little doubt in my mind. All there that should stuff. Be a I, little, there I should be a little. Doubt. Here's where the a little bit of doubt may come from because it's the one thing I don't see them particularly having a solution for. Because in the second half, the Jazz scored 64 points. Offense wasn't their problem. Their problem was getting stops, particularly in the fourth quarter. And Coach mentioned this when he joined us a minute ago. They had nothing for John Morant in the fourth quarter. You can talk about turnovers in the first. You can talk about missing shots in the second and doing whatever. They they hit 25% of their threes, Jake, and they took 47 In the third. But this is the playoffs. You know as well as I do that games are going to boil down to my best players got the ball, you stop them from scoring. I mean, so many games come down to that. Last night was no different. The Jazz needed to get stops in the fourth quarter. They could not do it. John Morant got to the basket every single time. That is what they're going to have to figure out. That is the only room for it out because I don't know what they do differently. And Donovan Mitchell coming back doesn't necessarily help that. The interesting, yeah, the, yeah that's a that's a that's a strong point, Jake. And this is something that you and I talked about before this season even started. And we talked about it last season, too. The Jazz's inability to slow down players exactly like John Morant. Now, maybe every team has that problem. (laughs) True, yes. Some teams are better suited for it than others. The Jazz are not particularly well suited for it. Well, and they're better suited for it when Rudy's on the floor. And we saw Rudy feed Ja uh, the basketball once pretty dramatically (laughs) last night. But when Rudy fouls out because he's got his own wrestling match to worry about with Jonas Valanciunas, then that really became an issue uh, in the fourth quarter because they just didn't have they didn't have an answer for it. And they've got to figure out that when it's close and it's in the fourth quarter and John Morant has the basketball and he's that one-man fast break that, that he really is, How what are you going to do about it? But if, and that, that's, he is a one-man fast break. But you also got to understand that if the Jazz had Donovan Mitchell – and if he's at full strength and if he can do what Donovan Mitchell can do, then the Grizzlies have to deal with that too. So, I mean, I know last night Bogdanovich sort of filled that role. But if you have Donovan Mitchell throughout, then maybe it doesn't come down to that situation. So the offense does play a role in it. But I hear what you're saying because there were many times where the Jazz were climbing back into it and then there goes John Moran again. Yep. Or there goes Dylan Brooks again. And you can't trade baskets when you're down double digits. And it was it was Jaw in the fourth. It wasn't yeah. Dylan Brooks. Yeah. It was Jaw Moran. Dylan Brooks did all his hocus pocus nonsense prayer shots that he never makes in like the <laughs> second and third quarter. Okay, so here's another aspect that you just brought up, and I wanted to hit on it. You said you mentioned that Rudy Gobert fouled out. Uh, if the game is going to be called like that, how can the Jazz – I wrote a column that's at sltrib.com right now uh, sort of questioning or at least challenging the Jazz's toughness. 
And it's more than just the physicality because it's what Quinn Snyder said it was. When the shots aren't going, then you have to dial in and focus more. And you heard him talk about execution. So that's a part of toughness, too. But so is the physical aspect to it. But you can't have Rudy Gobert fouling out. You can't have that happen. So if that's if the refs are going to call a game a certain way, when you got Dylan Brooks over there taunting your players, headbutting guys, or doing whatever that was, and 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 just yakking it up, and the Jazz are they supposed to just sit there and take it, or do they need do they have the toughness within to respond appropriately to that kind of those kinds of shenanigans? So Rudy explained this. And Mike did a little bit too, Mike Conley after the game. Um, specifically, Mike said they just got to really ignore it and and be. He called them a well-oiled machine, and they just can't let it disrupt them. But Rudy, and and here's where I sympathize with Rudy. I don't want to blame last night's game at the refs uh, on the refs, so don't get me wrong. But here's what Rudy was basically saying afterwards. He said he couldn't figure out how they were calling the game, and this is where I think it is appropriate to criticize referees. You've got to be consistent. I realize it's a tough job and that there's a foul on every play and you have to figure out, you know, what to call and what not. But once you you establish that strike zone, you got to be consistent with yeah. it. And I didn't think that those referees were consistent at all. I mean, some fouls were just like barely touch fouls. Derek Favors took somebody's head off and they didn't call <laughs> it. I'm trying to remember who he got. But he absolutely just hammered somebody. He was and, playing tough. Oh, he was playing way mm-hmm. tough. But uh, – Say you figure out the refereeing crew, they're going to let you wrestle down low. They're going to let a lot go, and it's going to be a physical matchup between Rudy and Valanciunas. All right. If they're going to call everything, all right. But you got to figure out where they're at. Because did, did you think Rudy got nitpicked? Sometimes, and they let things go the other time. Like, like his second-to-last foul, totally nitpicky. His last foul absolutely earned it. But his last foul, he probably got away with that jersey grab a dozen other times during the game. <laughs> So yeah. that's where I thought Rudy spelled that out pretty well without complaining about it. He yeah. said he could not figure out what kind of game they were calling. And I have that's, sim- that's indicting. It really is because I don't think players mind the physicality if it goes both ways and if it is consistent. Right. If it's not, then you say exactly what Rudy said, and that that's not good. Yeah. So and when people say, well, that was a terribly officiated game, I will agree to that from that standpoint, that it seemed like they got they lost control of the game at times and were really nitpicky at other times. It was just a, it was a really weird game. The D- Dylan Brooks headbutt. John Morant, I, how was he not suspended for for basically coming onto the <laughs> floor and over, going into he, the jazz huddle? Yeah, I, Was I, there an explanation on that? No. Did we see anything? No, because he was not in the game. He was checking in the game, and I think it was wasn't it Anderson. Trent Forrest got the technical because he shoved Anderson. There was a little to do, and the rules in the NBA are if that's happening, you can't go onto the physically go onto the floor if you're not in the game. Well, when this happened in the series between the Thunder and Jazz, now three years ago, the same thing happened where Stephen Adams was waiting to check in at the bench. There was a scrum, a, a scuffle as a dead ball uh, was called, as there was a TV timeout coming. He was not checked into the game, but because it was a dead ball and there was a TV timeout, the league said it's a different rule. I don't remember the circumstance last night, though, if they were going to a TV timeout or not. And should that matter? No. It shouldn't. Rules are rules, right? I I would think so. So so is, you know, if you're going to let it be prison rules out there, then fine, but be consistent about it. If you're going to call everything, fine, but be consistent about it. 
So that that was my thoughts on the toughness thing. I don't, I don't think the Grizzlies are tougher than the Jazz. I think it's just a sideshow. Mike Conley's right. You just have to ignore it and go out there and be the better team. But from a ref standpoint, come on. Come on. Come on. Call it, come on. It was yeah. a productive segment. It was. Stay come tuned. <laughs> Big T come joins on. us at 4, by the way, and we'll have uh, what's going on coming up at 5. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys, Jake here, and I am so excited about our new partner here on The Zone, Peach Building Products. Uh, They are incredible. I went down and uh, checked out their operation uh, the other day. I met the wonderful owner, Cindy. She is a huge jazz fan. She's a terrific person. In fact, their showroom is great. Uh, 2940 South, uh, just off 3rd West. It's it's really easy to find. But they have a great selection. In fact, the best selection when it comes to windows and doors. They can do custom jobs. If you're uh, looking for new windows and want to meet the latest energy standards so you save money on your bill, I mean, they can help you with all of this. And here's the cool thing about, uh, about Peach Building Products. They are a turnkey operation, and they pride themselves on the best customer service in town. So, you know, don't, uh, it's not high pressure sales, no subcontractors. And here's the big one no ghosting. You know, if you've ever gone through a reno or dealt with subcontractors and contractors and all that stuff, you know what I'm talking about, where you text them or you send them an email and you got nothing. You get nothing back, weeks, months on end. You just, uh, no no response, no, I'll get to you in a bit, just nothing. They, this is so cool. Cindy, um, she has kind of this no voicemail policy. And uh, what it means is if you call in the hours, you're going to talk to someone. You're going to talk to a human being. There's not the automated, not to leave a message. You're going to talk to somebody. If you've got an issue or something's going on, they've got the best customer service around. They truly are amazing. They've got 0% interest financing available. They can take care of you. Peach sells, uh, whether it's windows, doors, uh, they'll install. No subs, no ghosting, no funny business. Uh, you can give them a call, 801-556-1255, 801 1255 as I mentioned, their showroom on 3rd West, 2940 South, where they've got a great website. You've got to check it out, peachbuildingproducts.com. That's peachbuildingproducts.com, where, by the way, they have over 255 star reviews on Google. That's peachbuildingproducts.com. You can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Network. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it Time for a market update It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 
1280 The Zone. It's brought to you by TryDayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Go to TryDayTrading.com. Gordon, you want, can I do them today? You can if you want. All right, I'll jump in on this. Uh, the Dow Jones today up uh, 0.54%. I think Greg Ostertag should be in the NBA Hall of Fame. Controversial opinion right there. Uh, the S&P 500 up 0.99%. I love LA. And the NASDAQ up 1.41%. Sure, you take it. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. Oh, nice. So you, you take it on the days when everything goes up? Yeah, well, we you know what know what a positive effect I have on the markets. On you are a positive basis. guy. Very, <laughs> very positive person. I tr- I'm trying to be. Anyway. Swing hey, I'm Jake Scott, and I'm the newest Wahoo. Why did we have to play that? It sounded positive. Why was that necessary? <laughs> that, 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 that was totally unnecessary. That wasn't necessary at all, in fact. Thanks a lot, Austin. Well, neither is this one. I have pierced nipples, but they're fun to play. <laughs> they are fun to play. That is true. All right, we've got Big T coming up at uh, the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend from the Loan Depot. He is Matt Harrison. What's going on, Matt? You know, Gordon has very sensitive ears, um, so we need to be really careful about the language you use on the show. Please. Please, please do. Yeah. You should hear him during the breaks, Matt. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a sailor. Not really. It's rough. It'd take a paint off a car. It's uh, <laughs> like, right, okay to use the term. Yeah, see? Now, now see, I love that right there. Just a good old uh. Yeah, yeah that's all you need to know. Uh, Matt, what do you want to dig into uh, here? All right, guys. So let's start to have some fun with this program. So did you know that you can use this program to actually purchase a house? Uh, no, I did not. You guys need to be listening to the show more because I talked about it. I thought I was, I, that was my line. I no, thought I was I like, it. please, okay. Matt, so, tell me more. All right, here we go. So this is how this works. If you're 62 and over, the Heck and Reverse program will allow you to purchase a home and only use a portion of the amount that you would necessarily need to be able to get into the house without having to make a principal or interest payment. Let me give you guys a really simple math problem, okay? Because I love math. Um, you know, Hans and Scotty struggle with it a little bit, but you guys are really solid, I know. No, that is so, not the case. <laughs> all right, so if you've got um, if you've got a home that you're going to sell, let's say that this home is not fitting your needs, all right? So it's, it's too big, it's too small, it might have stairs, you know, and you're trying to, like, prepare for the future, and you're saying, you know what, it would be great to sell this and get into something different. And let's say that, you know, in today's market, you can sell that home for $400,000, okay? And you say, okay, but what, what is out there available for us at four hundred grand? Because we really don't want to have to make a principal or interest payment. Um, but the only thing that you're out there finding is 600000 that is, you know, getting you excited. So you've got a couple of options. Traditionally, you could take that $400,000 and put it down to where you've got a $200,000 mortgage, right? But then you've got a monthly payment on that. Um, you know, or you try to kind of figure out a way to, you know, pull money out of stocks, bonds, whatever, to kind of shore up the gap. With a reverse program, that $600,000 home, if you divide that by two, right, which is three hundred grand, that's about how much money you would need to plan on bringing in with this reverse HECM program for purchase. So in other words, you sell your home for 400 grand, 
you only need to bring in 300 to buy a $600,000 home, which leaves you an additional $100,000 to put in the bank. And here's the great thing, is that you don't need to make those principal interest payments. Now, let's talk about some things you do need to do, okay? We haven't really talked about that yet. It has to be a primary residence. You've gotta to continue to pay taxes and insurance, maintain the property and you know, pay HOA if applicable. But isn't that great, guys? You could actually go and buy a house with $300,000 and you can buy up to a $600,000 home. That's the type of, of leverage that this program offers. You get to keep, I mean, you have title to the house, the bank doesn't own it, and you can make payments on it if you want to. And we'll kind of talk about that in the next segment, but kind of cool. Yeah, way cool. Sounds awesome. Uh, so if, if that's piquing some interest out there, uh, you're, you're doing a cool event coming up. You've got a great website. I am. So we've got an event on June 16th. It's going to be in Sugar House. Uh, we're going to cater it. We're going to you know, offer a lot of information. It's going to be an open forum. Uh, please feel free to ask any questions that you'd like. Um, but if you'd like to connect with me individually, we've had a lot of our listeners taking advantage of that. Please do so. It's super fun. We can go through scenarios. My number is 801-330-2200. Again, 801-330-2200 where you can visit my website, reverseourhome.com. Again, reverseourhome.com. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. All right, that's our friend Matt from Loan Depot. Big T joins us next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.